Today on the Profitable Trady Podcast. He had a very polished sales pitch that was completely not hitting the mark because he didn't try to help me out to solve the problem that I had. You feel like a beggar actually asking for your dinner and you get mucked around by tyre kickers and time wasters because you haven't asked the right questions. If the salesperson says it, it's sales. If the client says it, it's true. What we're looking at doing here with these four magic questions is creating a situation where the client actually does all of the selling. How great would it be to have your clients telling you all the reasons that they should use your business as their service provider rather than what normally happens, which is you trying to convince them that you're the best option for them. Tune into today's episode where we share the four magic questions that will help you win more jobs without begging people to work with you. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where every week we help you make more money, get your time back, and make life and business a whole lot more fun. Join us as we transform your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business into a successful operation. Don't miss a beat, hit the follow button, let's get started. Well, howdy there, Tony Fraser-Jones, a host of the Profitable Trading Podcast. Uh, Really excited about today's episode and hanging out with uh, my sidekick, Phil Smith. G'day, everybody. What did you have for breakfast this morning, Phil? We've tried that one before, haven't we? Oh, hey, different question. Man, you threw me with that. Um, What did I have? I had toast. Super interesting. What did you have on Do you your know toast? what normally happens? I actually had jam on toast. What normally happens is actually I'm making breakfast for the kids because uh, I always get up and do the do the morning run with the kids. And um, I made uh, jam toast for my daughter. And before I had a chance to make my breakfast, she told me, I don't want jam toast anymore. And at that point, I was like, well, I could throw it in the bin or I could eat it. So I ate it. Yes, uh, as the uh, experienced father of several children, I find that never do anything for them until you've found out exactly what they want. Cause well, uh, sometimes you have to find out what they want, and then just before you do it, you double-check, and then right. double-check again, and then yep. it's still wrong. Yep, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Anyway, mate, what are, we, uh, what are we getting into today? Mate, we are talking about how to win more jobs from the quotes and bids that you do, uh, so basically sales, uh, which is close, uh, very close to my heart. Yeah, I love a good, uh, a good sales talk. Yeah. And basically, like, yeah, quoting and pricing up jobs, it takes a lot of time for for business owners. Um, you know, it's painful enough when people say no or we don't hear back from them, uh, you know, with, with the lost work. It's even worse when you think about all the time that you've lost that you'll never get back, you know, uh, not just the, the job you don't get, but the wasted quoting time, wasted pricing time, yeah. uh, wasted sales time, yeah. visits, everything. It's really tough when uh, you're talking to people about a job and it feels like, you know, they're interviewing you and you have to jump through their hoops, a bit like a dog kind of, begging for its dinner you feel in a really yeah. weak position and and they've kind of got the whip hand which is it's not fun yeah yeah and you know you, you can kind of end up feeling a little bit like a mattress salesman or a <laughs> again nothing against mattress salesman but uh we all need know, something to sleep on you're or you know used car and you're out there and you're just really trying to you know show off this is exactly what's uh what's important here and please buy my stuff please buy my stuff and that's just uh it's not the, it's not the way to do it it doesn't feel good um and honestly it doesn't really close deals either so yeah well, the yeah. thing is, the thing is that uh, getting more people to say yes to your quotes and your bids, it is sales, and sales is a profession, and nothing happens until a sale is made. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I, for most uh, most of us in the trades and the services, we haven't had a lot of sales training. Uh, maybe we think we're good at sales. Um, maybe we're not as good as we think. Yeah. Uh, but there are actually a bunch of skills uh, to this, and stuff you can learn, and uh, asking questions is important. Yeah, uh, and asking the right questions 
is is even more important. That's a huge part of it. Well, and important for two reasons. Like number one, uh, I just want to say a lot of people out there might think uh, you know sales is a bit of a dirty word. Um, you shouldn't have to you know you know get better at sales. You should just be good at what you do, and people will buy your stuff. Which honestly, like get over that, please. Yeah. Um, the fact is, you do need to make sales, or you don't have a business. So this is really important. But secondly, is if you can do uh, this well, and you know use the right questions, and actually get better at sales. What you get better at is actually helping the person make doing the buying, helping them get what they want. You know, helping them solve their problems. So it's not you know the the byproduct is that you make more sales in your business, but the actual objective is to do a better job for the client and really help them to the best of your ability. Well, that, that that's critical, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. Is um, you can't force someone to buy something. No, uh, you know, you're not holding a gun to their head. It's not like coercion. Uh, and what sales is, it's actually professionally helping someone to buy to solve a problem or take advantage of an opportunity. Yeah. And so we might as well get good at it so they use us so we can make sure they have a good experience than some cowboy down the road who you know may not provide a great experience. That's right. And so if you do this well, uh, you're actually going to make it better off for the client. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, story time today, we might... Uh, switch things up you were talking to me a little bit about uh car buying experience yeah recently. yeah and um yeah kind of not the ideal sales um person yeah no not ideal Tell so us the story, bro. basically uh look i'm in an ever-growing family in my house <laughs> and uh and as that happens you you, ne- you need new vehicles right and i'm sure everyone's experienced this as uh, as your family grows and grows the vehicle needs change uh so at that happened to me recently and i uh, went down to a car yard to get a larger vehicle as it was uh, and I came in, and um, you know, a salesperson meets me on the lot, comes up, and and the first thing he says is, "Oh, let's just wh- stop." You step, your foot had just touched the oh, lot. Oh yeah, someone yeah. was in your I pocket, was right? Bum rushed already. Yeah, but basically, right. a guy comes up to me and says, "Hey, like, what are we after today?" And I said, "Oh, you know, family car." Um, and without asking any more questions, this guy drags me and my wife over to um the sedan. And uh, he's taking me through it, and he's showing me all the bells and whistles, you know, electric windows, and look at these leather seats, and you know, showing me all these like little things, you know, seat warmers, and this is great, and this is great, and blah blah. blah. And I said, "Mate, look, the thing is, it's actually not big enough. Um, I need something bigger." And before I could tell him any more, he goes, "Oh, sure, sure, sure," and it pulls out this SUV and says, "Look at this," and you know, there's this this bells and whistles. And if you wave your foot under the under the rear, you know, bumper, the the boot pops open and you don't even have to push a button. And he's showing me all of these features and going on and on and going through his sales pitch. And in the end, I just had to tell him to stop. Um, I've come here for a Toyota Estima. I know what I want. Uh, I want a people mover. And it's funny because just before he'd said one of his big features for the SUV was, and it doesn't have to be a people mover, which was ironic because that's what I wanted. <laughs> um, so he was t- trying to talk me out of the thing I came there to buy by talking me into something I didn't care about because basically he didn't ask me any bloody questions. And I think the really important thing here is he had a very polished sales pitch that was completely not hitting the mark because he didn't try to help me out to solve the problem that I had. He didn't even know how many kids I had. You know, he's taking me through these cars saying, you know, you're going to need this and you're going to need this and you're going to need this. And in the end I had to say, there are not enough seats in this car. Yeah, um, I don't and, care about the seat. And warmers. how often, if you're listening, really think about this. How often have you talked yourself out of a sale mm. because you get into all the nitty gritty detail of all the details and specifications of uh, some piece of kit that you want to install in someone's house? This is uh might be uh, difficult to hear, but they actually don't care about all the specs. No, they just care about what it does for them. Yeah, uh, and so that's important. The other thing is, this guy treated me like I didn't have any idea what I'd come in there to buy. Uh, and because he didn't ask me, what he also didn't know is I'd been researching this for months um, and I knew exactly what I wanted. 
I even knew which one on the car lot. I'd literally come there, having already seen it, basically to just to buy it. Um, and if he'd asked me a couple of questions, this would have been the easiest sale of his life. Mm. But instead, you know what I did? I left and I bought it somewhere else <laughs> because I just felt so alienated by this dude. Like he just had no idea what he was doing. Yep. And um, yeah, it was a rubbish experience. So and questions are the answers here. That's it. And I think like, you know, honestly, if we don't ask the right questions, we run into some problems. Yeah. So if, we, if we're not good at the sales process and we're not asking these killer questions, first thing is that you're going to find that the, the client or potential client, they're actually in control of the situation. I hate that in sales. Yep. And I'm sure you do where you feel like you're the whipping boy or girl. Uh, and you feel like a beggar actually asking for your dinner, and you yep. get mucked around by tire kickers and time wasters because you haven't asked the right questions. Totally. And you you end up actually doing bids and quotes for people that are a waste of time that weren't really in a position to say yes or you couldn't provide what they needed. Yeah. And you miss out on a bunch of jobs that you could have won as well because, like your situation, you just didn't hit the mark with the questions and the process you took people through. Yeah, yeah. And on the other hand, if we get this right, you know, some pretty big benefits. Number well, one is you get control back. Th- yeah, you're in control, and this is critical in sales. If you can't control the agenda and where things are at, then you can't direct it where you want it to go. Uh, and, and if you're in control, then you're going to win more jobs, you're going to feel good about it, you're going to be able to provide a better solution for people, and ultimately it's good for business. You win, you know, win more of the bids and the quotes that you do, which saves you time, makes you money, and you give the client a great experience. Uh, yep. That can drive the referral business, and it all goes from there. Yeah, that's right. So it's benefit for you and benefit for the client. So, yeah. I mean, it's a win-win if yeah. you can get good at this and ask the right questions. Yeah. So, I mean, digging into this, I think like sales is a skill and uh, one of the most important skills is asking questions and the right questions. And I think, you know, if there's that old saying in sales where it's like, if, if the salesperson says it, it's sales. If the client says it, it's true. Uh, so what we're looking at doing here with these four magic questions is creating a situation where the client actually does all of the selling. And the salesperson uh, does is, all of the asking. Is basically just asking the questions, which prompt the client to do the selling to themselves. Yeah. Which is uh, which is a little bit of Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, this is. But this it's is, actually not a trick. It's just is, helping yeah. them say what's important. This to them. is massive. So if you think about an example, let's say um, you know you were selling a heat pump. For those of you that don't know, a heat pump yeah, is a New Zealand air conditioning unit. Really? Yep. So. Yeah, aircon, yeah. for example. And if you were the sort of traditional way is to to talk about the heat pump and what kilowatts it is and how much power it's going to use and how much room it can fill up and, and real technical stuff. And you could talk a lot about that and you could tell the person that it's going to make the room warm and it's going to keep everyone healthy and yada, yada, yada. But you really don't know what their, their key pain point is, what they're actually looking to achieve. You're much better to ask, hey, love to know, tell me about what you need this for. Yeah. Totally. And they'll well, tell you. You could have been going on and on about how much warmer the room's going to be, yeah. and uh, they got it because they have a boiling hot house. And they want to cool it down. So yeah. let's go through the four questions, and yeah. uh, we'll talk about what, why they're important. Yeah, yeah. So, so the first one is, um, how long have you been thinking about this? Yeah, critical question. Really, when you ask this, uh, how long have you been thinking about this, what you're gauging is a couple of things. Number one, have they been thinking about it for a while? Uh, because if they haven't, and this is more of a luxury item, something that's not an emergency or a must-have right now, and they haven't been thinking about it for very long, uh, there's a good chance that this is the first time they've thought about it and they're actually just looking. Like, And I hate that I'm just looking. But the reality is some people need to do some reconnaissance first and a little bit of learning and research before they're willing to make a decision. But more than willing, it's before they're even able to make a decision because they don't even know what they're looking at. They don't even really know if they want it. So uh, basically how long they've been looking gives you a gauge of um, how interested they really are. Uh, And it leads on to question number two. Why now? Yeah, again, critical question because once I know how long you've been looking, 
it's like cool so why are you actually acting now if you've been wanting to get uh, your you know your garden landscaped uh, and you've been thinking for a year what's changed why are you actually doing something about this now uh, why didn't you do it a year ago uh, it's very very important basically what you're looking for is for them to tell you that now is the time now if they don't tell you that now is the time if they say oh well no real reason i suppose i'm just still looking then this is a really great time for you to realize that this is uh, this person should be qualified out because pricing this work and spending time on trying to win this job is probably a futile act. What you're looking for is for people to say, why now? Well, now is the time. Uh, I've been waiting long enough. It's time to crap yeah, look, or get off the pot. If it's a landscaping project, it might be, um, hey, look, we're having a, a big family reunion at our house in October, Yeah. Uh, and so I want to get it done by then. That's a deadline. Yeah. Or, hey, I want to get it ready for summer. Yeah, uh, I want the pool all to be finished for summer, so that's that's a good reason. Yeah, or they might say I'm still looking at it and thinking about it, and you might say, "Oh, do you have anything in mind when when you might want it done?" And they might say, "You know, eight months time," and you're like, "Oh, cool. So how long do you think it might take to do a project like this?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know, three weeks." And you're like, "Well, actually, our experience is that it's actually going to take four months. Uh, we're we're busy for the next three months. Like it'll definitely take us like four or five months to get it done." That's and right. I think you find everyone else's. So you can actually start to help them create some urgency around yeah. why now because they may not actually understand how long it's going to take. Well, again, I'm thinking about a company we work with that does solar work. Um, and so in this case, it's, yeah, like how long have you been thinking about this? Oh, yeah, on and off for about six months. Why now? Well, honestly, I'm I'm just I'm getting to the point I'm sick of my power bill, man. I'm looking at it every month. I'm thinking, it's you know, I'm hating this. It, it's time to make a change. And so, uh, you know, in this point, they've often been hit with when they when it's why now it's like well I don't know if it is now but you know it'll be definitely be sometime in the next six months and they say oh well that's great we have a four month waiting list anyway so what we'll do is we'll get you in the books take your deposit and uh, and make sure that you happen within the next six months uh, to which they go oh yeah okay so you've actually helped them create the decision that's right to buy and this is this is the key thing because sales is professionally helping people to buy yeah uh, and most people are actually hopeless at making a decision. Yeah, uh, they want the result, but they dilly dally. They kind of, and we're all a bit like it. We dilly dally mucky muck around, and our job is to help them actually make the decision so they can get the result. That's that they, right. They have, and so the why now is about creating urgency and a time deadline so that mm. we know that it's a thing. Now, and this leads me to my next thing is if they say, "Look, honestly, I'm not really sure why now. I was thinking maybe just within a year or so," and you know that that's just a long way out. You know, like you're not able to leverage, um, you know, a gap in the calendar. You're not able to say, well, this is going to take a while to get done. Um, in which case, what you should do is you need to qualify really hard. And this is a hard thing to do. Uh, it takes non-attachment to the sale, which is, again, very hard, but crucial when it comes to sales. But uh, that's that's a time when you should actually be able to turn them away politely. And I think a really good way to say that is, well, hey, look, our quotes and bids, they're only actually valid for a maximum of 30 days. So um, while it sounds like you're pretty interested in the project and would love to help you out with this, um, going ahead and like pricing the work accurately and spending time on this is, is probably actually just not in your best interest because by the time you actually want to take action on that quote or bid, it'll already have expired. We'll need to reprice the work and there's a good chance it's changed. Uh, so you know, if it really is about a year away, then best thing we can do is provide you with some information and um, we'll give you a follow-up call in about eight months' time and see where you're at. Is that okay? And at that point, you've actually done the best thing for them in terms of customer service and the best thing for yourself because you haven't run around pricing work that you were never going to win. Because you do not want to price work that you just can't get a yes to. And so many business owners do that. It waste so much time, that's right. so much emotional energy of money you can never actually get into your into your bank account. Yeah, that's crucial. And this leads me to uh, question number three. Which is, what's important for you with this project? 
And this is massive because, like I said, with the car dealership, uh, they started talking about everything that they thought was important without asking me what's important to me. Now, if he'd said, hey, what's important to you with this uh, with this car, I would have said, I desperately need at least seven seats, and I need seven seats, uh, including three to four car seats. Uh, so again, even an SUV, I don't want three car seats across the back. Too small. You know, if I got an SUV with seven seats, those sixth and seventh seat, they need to be big and roomy, you know, not just like a, a you know a pseudo boot. Um, basically, like, I need a people mover, and he would have been able to take me to the right thing. Uh, it's it's really really important to ask what's important to them, and if you think about you know what you're selling, whether it's a you know the heat pump analogy we gave or or anything else really, uh, by asking what's important, they will tell you what's important to them, and then you structure everything you talk about around what they said was important, because anything else you talk about is fluff and not important, and honestly talking you out of the sale. Uh, often one of the big pitfalls here is talking about the specs of the product, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that's actually batshit boring to most people they don't care oh, they yeah. don't even know what it what it is you know whether it's a nine seven five kilowatt heater it's like what who knows yeah they don't know what that means they don't care yeah it's like does it heat my room uh or doing cool. solar you're talking about yeah. how the inverter works they're yeah. like I don't, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about like, right? <laughs> yeah um the thing with why is it important is is uh, sometimes you need to probe into this a little bit so you can use your minimal encouragers and just say hey tell me more about that or what do you mean by that or uh Yes, and just sort of nod and, and so they can keep talking because what you're aiming to do is, as Phil said, get a download of their brain and this is how you become a mind reader and exceptionally good at sales because once you've downloaded what they want, what a coincidence when you put your proposal or your bid together or the solution, you just feed back what they've said. That's and exactly like, what they wanted. They're like, this guy is amazing. Well, Alex Hormozzi always says that um, you know one of the best things in sales, probably the most important thing in sales, is how well you can articulate the prospect's problem to the prospect. So if I can articulate your problem to you better than you can articulate it yourself, that means I get it. And I'm clearly the expert that can solve this problem. Um, whereas if I can't articulate your problem to you, then it seems like I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm not the person to solve this problem. So the only way I can articulate your problem to you better than you can yourself is if you already have articulated it to me and I repeat it to you. And the big thing with this is people don't even realize. So if I say what's important to you, you tell me it's X, Y, Z, what I would then say is, hey, sounds like what's really important is X, Y, Z. Is that right? And just repeat your exact words. Trick is, you don't even realize I repeated your words and you go, oh my God, that's it. Thinking that I just pulled that out of my head. But actually I just repeated your words yep. and they never realize. This does take a little bit of um, persistence and assertiveness and it can feel a little bit awkward asking questions because when you're doing sales, you sometimes you feel a little bit nervous or on edge or you're wanting to please. Yep. Uh, and that's a, that's kryptonite to sales. If you're trying to please people all the time, it's a killer to sales because it smells of desperation and nothing kills a sale like desperation. Yep. So you have to be comfortable just to ask the questions and let them talk. That's and right. resist the temptation to fill gaps and talk just because it makes you feel uncomfortable if they're not saying something. Yeah. Because that is, uh, it's so off-putting yeah. uh, and it just annoys people, even yep. at a subconscious level because they can smell that desperation. Yeah, and last thing with this question is this is also a great opportunity for qualification because if you ask what's important to you and they start rattling off a whole bunch of things that you know you can't actually do, you know, they actually might have nothing to do with your service. So for example, you know, if I, if I turn up and I'm an electrician and I say, hey, what's important to you with this project and everything that they start listing off to me is actually what a plumber does <laughs> because maybe they just don't understand what they're asking or who they're asking then this is where I have a duty to actually say, hey, um, unfortunately, that's not what we do. Um, you know, that's, that's not within our skill set. 
Um, so you'd be better off to try this person, this person, or this person, and point them in the right direction. So you know, if they start talking about what's important, and you know that's not something you can provide, you have a duty to explain that this is not something that you do, send them on their way in the right direction, and that way you've done the best thing for the client, and you haven't wasted any more of your time either, uh, trying to talk them into something they didn't actually want. Yeah, and so there's one more question, number four, which um, is a super juicy question, love this one, and that question is, why did you choose to talk with us? Yes, this is my favourite question of the four, and the reason is because at this point, this is where they'll do one of two things. Either they'll say, uh, I don't know, which is a very big red flag. That means they don't know anything about you, and honestly, they're probably just shopping around. Yeah, they've just picked your name out of the That's it. Google or the phone or, or whatever. the other uh, option is that they start selling you to you. So they'll turn around and say, the reason I chose you is because you have a great name in the community. I've been referred to you by this person and this person, and honestly, you were the first choice on Google. You had 17,000 five-star reviews. Um, and so you're clearly uh, you know, the key provider in our community and have a great reputation and, and a great reputation of quality, which is what came through in all the reviews. And quality is super important to me. So I just thought you would be the best choice. And at that point, uh, they just did all the sale for you, <laughs> which is great. Um, but more importantly, they've just given you all of the ammunition uh, to handle any objections that might come up later in the process. Because if they then say later on, you know what, this has been great and it all looks great, but you know the price is just more than I thought, then you can say, well, hang on, you know, you said you've been looking at this for a year. You said you had to do it now. You said the most important thing to you was quality workmanship and that you chose us because we have a great reputation for quality workmanship. Look, I'm sorry if I'm missing something, but did you think it would be cheap? And, and then they say, well, no. And I'm like, well, is the most important thing still quality or is it now price? And they say, well, actually, I suppose it's quality. Uh, and now they've hung themselves on their own words, right? And then you can hit them with a little gem, which is, wouldn't you rather spend a little bit more than you planned rather than a little bit less than you should have? Uh, and that's that's done deal at that point. So, oh, that's so good. Yeah, I love that. Actually, I, what, I stole that from where, Zig Ziglar. Where's the, yeah, where's the uh, FPOS machine? I'll give you my yeah, credit card. Yeah, now, well, I took that what from Zig Ziglar. Anyway? He's I dead just now. Yeah, he's dead. Yep. Um, but my point is, is, is at that point, they've told you that how long they've been thinking about this. They've told you that now is the time. They've told you everything that's important, and you've made sure that that's what you can provide, and they've told you that you are the person for the job. And at that point, anything that comes up um, really is an objection means that they have to go back on what they said. They have to live outside of integrity, yep. and people hate that. Yep. They're not going to do it. People won't uh, create that lack of uh, congruence between their words and their actions, Yeah, uh, which is massive. And here, here's the cool thing. We talked about this at the start. Mm. Uh, if you have to tell them about why you're the best quality person, you've got to go through a whole spiel and pitch about that. That's sales. Yeah. If they tell you why they're using you and why you're a quality provider and why you've got all the five-star reviews and why they were referred... It's true. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, makes it, so, it just makes it so much easier as well because you don't have to do all the legwork and talking. And I think the most important thing to point out here is, you know, as much as each one of these questions is very well crafted to help you, don't forget that these are very well crafted to help the prospect, the client. Because at the end of the day, them cornering themselves with those objections and having said everything and having to go back on what they said in order to, you know, weasel out... It's actually not about them weaseling out. It's about them getting out of their own way. Because at the end of the day, they do want this product. Quality is important to them. They did choose you for a reason, and now is the time. But even with all of that being true, people have an overwhelming need to put stuff off, procrastinate, 
or not let themselves have what they want because they might feel some kind of, it could be imposter syndrome, maybe I don't deserve a pool, maybe I don't I shouldn't be spending this money, you know, I feel bad about it, maybe I have a weird relationship with money and spending it at all is a difficult thing. Lots of things can come up in people's subconscious which makes them stand in their own way and stop them from getting what they want. And what you're doing with sales is you're professionally helping people to buy. Um, so what you're doing with these questions is you're helping remind them by them reminding themselves of what's important and what they want and that they do want it and they do want it now. Uh, and as a result, they're going to actually get what they want rather than throwing those walls up in front of yeah. themselves. So it's, it's a very powerful thing. It's going to help you uh, get your sales up, but more importantly, it'll help you satisfy more clients. Uh, and when you do it this way, they really achieve their goals, which is huge. Yeah. So let's land this plane. Sales is professionally helping people to buy. And we want to help people get out of their own way to make a decision that's good for them and obviously good for us. And asking questions is the absolute key to making this work. And there are four killer questions that you need to ask. So get in, use those. You'll find they make a massive difference to your conversion uh, and to the performance of your business. Awesome. Thanks heaps for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Tradie Podcast, I interview Tim Davies and Dylan Cassidy, who are members of the Million Dollar Tradie Program and have built a super successful business. Now, during their time with us, they've grown their revenue by more than three times and their profits significantly. They've built an impressive team and created a high productive work culture. And they've built the business in a way that allows them to now take some time off for fun and some vacations. Tune in as Tim and Dylan talk through how they did it. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Tradie, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group, and we'll see you in the next episode of The Profitable Tradie Podcast.